Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, I'm always thanking the Father. The Apostle Paul says this. And he's talking to the Christians at Colossae. And he says, I'm always thanking the Father because He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. Verse 13. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness... And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. How many of you know you've been rescued from darkness? If we've been rescued from darkness, then why do we continue to walk in it? If we've been rescued from darkness, why do we continue? Turn me down just a hair up here on the platform. Why do we continue to walk in it? We must always try and remember. Let's always try and remember that as Christians, our kingdom is not of this world. And our citizenship is more than the physical and the temporal world that we see. We are a part of a different kingdom. Yes, we're Americans. Yes, we're citizens of the United States. That's our temporal kingdom. For most of us, we'll be here 70, 80, maybe even 90 years. But we are really citizens of a kingdom, eternal kingdom, that we'll be a part of forever. And our eternal kingdom has different rules and it has different techniques and principles whereby it works than this earthly kingdom. As the old song says, we're just pilgrims passing through. And sometimes we get so consumed with this world that we forget this is not our home. We're not a part of this kingdom. As Christians, we're part of something else. And notice what he says again in verse 12. I'm always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance. We have an inheritance that belongs to his people, Christians, who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Our nation today, as every one of you know who watch the news, we're in great dilemma on what to do with all these people who are desiring to come to the United States. People who have crossed illegally and have jobs and families here. How do we handle this properly and, and continue to be a compassion, compassionate nation who also protects the rightful citizens who are here legally? How do we handle this? And everybody has an answer, but let me tell you, there is no easy answers on this. And we as Christians need to pray for our government that they'll come up with the right and the correct way to navigate this difficult... We're not talking about Mexicans. We're talking about eternal souls. We're not talking about Ethiopians. We're talking about eternal souls who's going to spend an eternity in heaven or hell. You see. And it's easy to put up fences... 
if they're just nationalities. It's different in putting up fences if they're eternal souls that God won't save. So we're in a very difficult quandary. How do we act as a compassionate nation? And how do we protect our citizens? It's a very difficult time. We realize that 99% of the people that are coming to America are coming for the benefits of this great nation. They're coming for the benefits. There's a very small percentage of people who are coming to disrupt our way of life. And they want to cause harm. But we know, we every one of us know, that's the small percentage. The majority of the people are coming for the benefits of this nation, for the welfare of their family, and for their children. They desire a better way of life for themselves and their families. And you know something? I am not ignorant. Living for Christ has far more benefits than living for the devil. I admit, I am righteously selfish. I would rather serve someone who gives me life and life more abundantly than someone who steals from me, tries to kill me, and tries to destroy me. So I kind of understand a little bit about what these people are wanting to come here for. I want to serve Jesus, not because of the things he gives me, but in serving him, I get some wonderful things that when I serve the devil, I got some terrible things. So I enjoy the benefits of serving Jesus. Yesterday, I was invited to the graduate, or Friday, I was invited to the graduation ceremony uh, that was conducted by the Doors of Hope, one of our local missions, at the Correctional Workhouse here on Church Street. Both men and women received graduation certificates for completing a 13-week faith-based course taught by godly men and women. Some of them attend this church. Eight men and four women gave testimony of how they lived for themselves and their lives were guided by and controlled by this world and evil, and it landed them in jail. See, that's the benefits the devil will give you when you serve him. But they found Christ while going through this program, and though they were still incarcerated, they're free. All right? Though they're still incarcerated, they're free. And not a one of them blamed the, the city, not a one of them blamed the guards, not a one of them blamed anybody but themselves for getting themselves in there. But even though they still had time to serve, today they are free on the inside. Now you know why? They enjoy the benefits now of serving Jesus Christ. See, Proverbs thirteen fifteen says it this way. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. The King James said it this way. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. It does not pay to serve the devil. It does not pay. I, look what, I love what Romans 2.9 says. Romans 2.9 says this. There will be trouble. Look what it says. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. They talked about it there Friday. Those graduates talked about it. We lived for ourselves. We were bound by drugs and alcohol. We stole from our families. We stole from our parents. And we were, we were troubled and we were miserable. But we found Christ and we are free. 
benefits, the benefits. On the other hand, serving Jesus says this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 28. Luke chapter 18, verse 28. Peter said, talking about this very thing, the serving Jesus pay. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God uh, will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Benefits. There are benefits in serving Jesus Christ. Benefits in serving Jesus Christ. So, January we started discussing about our benefits. And in 2018, we embrace and declare our benefits as members of this kingdom that we're in, the kingdom of God. Number one, in 2018, as believers in Christ, we discuss that we're blessed. We're blessed. Every day you need to get up and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Look at Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us. Everybody say, blessed us. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are blessed. If you're a child of God this morning, you're blessed. You're blessed. What does blessed mean? Blessed means happy and to be in a fortunate position due to God's favor. Yet every single day, every day, I encounter Christians who because of life's brokenness don't see themselves blessed or believe they're blessed. I encounter precious saints who are not enjoying the blessings of God of being in this kingdom that rightfully belong to them. Every day, whether you feel blessed or not, whether you see the blessings or not, you need to declare, I am blessed. Not because of my, my talents, not because of my ability, not because of my name, but because of Jesus Christ. He has already blessed me. I am blessed because I am united with Christ. I am blessed because I am united with Christ. At the same time, though we have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God, we must live in an earthly kingdom that is ruled by darkness. Everybody stay with me now. We've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. But we still have to live in the kingdom of darkness. Everybody with me? We've been delivered from it, but we still have to live in it. All right? And the, the question is, how do I get the blessings which belong to me as a member of God's family to operate in a kingdom of darkness? How do I get these blessings that belong to me as a child of God to operate when I'm down here living in a dark world? Well, I hope you remember what I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. And it was this. Through our actions and attitude, we can release God's blessings on our life or prohibit God's blessings on our life. Through our actions or attitudes, we can release the blessings of God or we can hinder or prohibit God's blessings on our life. Go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Let me prove it to you. Notice what it says. I am always thanking the Father. He has enabled you 
to share in the inheritance. He's enabled us to share in the blessings that belong to his people. Now notice this. Who live in the light. Who live in the light. If you're one of his people who live in the darkness, you don't get the blessings. It's not a works thing. It's an obedience thing. It's not about works. Well, I got to do this to get God to bless me. No, you're already blessed. But to get the blessings to operate down here in this dark world, you've just got to be obedient to what God says to do. Notice he says, if you live in the light, you share in the wonderful inheritance. Now, living in the light doesn't mean that you just have the right attitude and the right actions when everything's going great. Let me tell you something. Every once in a while, we will encounter Satan's painful interruptions in our life. In uh, 2003, Amanda and I left the church in all good that we had spent 20 years and raised our kids. That thing was at its peak. Over 2,200 people came every Sunday. Three and a half million dollars saved in the bank. Properties paid for. And then God said, it's time for you to go and become the overseer for 225 churches and 650 ministers. It was the hardest decision I ever made. I'd give my life for that church. And then God says, it's time to change. So I changed. We changed. We changed. It was the most difficult thing we've ever done because we loved those people and loved the church. But we followed God. And we stayed there for four years. And into my fifth year, into my fifth year, a man that I had helped rescue his marriage, a preacher that I'd helped rescue his marriage, a man that his wife could not have children, and we came in agreement with them and prayed, and all of a sudden she gets pregnant and has two beautiful little boys, a man that I had counseled through various business opportunities and become a... He wanted to be a preacher, and I helped him get his credentials. All of a sudden that man took a turn and lied to me and we went on a note for him and he and his board this board of directors decided to fraud to bring fraud to defraud the assemblies of god for the state of tennessee at the point of 2.6 million dollars david said it this way if it had been my enemy that did me wrong i could have handled it. but he was it was my own brother my own, my own internal team admitted, Pastor, we knew it was... Because I said, we can't do this. And they all said, no, we need to do it. And then after it was done and the fraud was revealed, my own internal team said, Pastor, we knew you were right. But one of them said, I knew I was going to make a commission on this, so I didn't do it. I didn't go with you. It broke me. It broke me. Those of you who've been around here long realize how much I, I honor and respect the financial giving of people. You see what's happened with the finances, and it's happened because we manage with the fear and admonition of the Lord. We handle this money. It's God's money. It's not our money. 
You give it to the Lord. We don't frivolously play with this, play with this money, or spend it. And when it's, when it's dealing with money, it broke me. And I ended up resigning the district over that very thing. I resigned my position that I'd left my church for because I felt like I had failed in not being a better steward of God's finances. Satan's painful interruption. Some of you have been betrayed and some of you have had brokenness in your life and it interrupted your plan, your destiny, your God call, your marriage, your home, your career, your finances. It interrupted it. The Bible says, if we will continue in the light, even in the midst of Satan's painful interruptions, we will receive the blessings of the Lord. And it was during those two, for the first year after that, I seethed in it. It eat me up. Bitterness and unforgiveness and the desire for revenge. I had people calling me, attorneys calling me, we'll go get them, we'll go get them, we'll, we'll, we'll put them away. We'll go get them. We'll take their homes. We'll take their families. And I knew that wasn't the plan and purpose of God. Ponzi law, justice for all. He said, we'll get them. Bart Durham. I wanted to bring this by to you. Satan's painful interruptions to our life. It's the toughest time. It's easy to walk in the light when everybody loves you. It's easy to walk in the light when your job's secure. It's easy to walk in the light when your health is well. It's easy to walk in the light when people are applauding you and clapping on your back. But when you, the bottom falls out of your life, then it's the challenge of faith to walk in the light. But as we walk in the light, the inheritance, the blessings that belong to the children of the kingdom of God will manifest eventually in our life. You say, well, pastor, how did it manifest for you? How did you get it? I'm here, aren't I? Look what we're doing today. Look at God, God God's blessing this church. I could have seethed in that unforgiveness. I could have seethed and lived and still be living in that revenge and that pain and that regret. I could have lived there for the rest of my life. But the Bible says the inheritance, the benefits belong to those who keep their attitudes and their actions in accordance with the plan and purpose and motives of God. So Satan's painful interruption, listen to me now, Satan's painful interruption in your life will only serve as a God adjustment for the direction of your life if you will allow it to. It can be a painful interruption or it can become a God adjustment for your life 
if you would allow it to. If that would not have happened, I would have never been here. If that would not have happened, I would have never met you. If that would have not have happened, Amanda and I would have not have had the wonderful privilege of being able to love you and being a part of your families and to receive your love every single week. If that hadn't happened, this church wouldn't be at this property right here right now. If that hadn't happened, a lot of things would not have taken place. So what seemed like a painful interruption came, became a God cor- course correction. So we walk in the light and the blessings of God will continue. They will continue. They will continue. All right? So then we decided that 2018 was our year of breakthrough. Hebrews 12.1, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So let's decide, we shared this last week, let's decide that in 2018 will be the year that we break through all the stuff that has been hanging on and holding us back from enjoying freedom and fulfillment in life. And I shared with you that you've got to embrace five principles. Number one, realize God's will for your life is freedom. God wants you free. Unfortunately, many Christians are oppressed. They're bound. They're broken. They're defeated, depressed, and afflicted. And that, they believe that's their lot in life. They believe that's the way their life's going to end. They believe that's their destiny. That's just the way mama was. That's the way granddaddy was. And that's the way I'm going to live as well. And that's the way my children's going to live as well. Well, listen to this. You can live that way, but God wants you free. He wants you free. He wants you free. Because of where they came from. Because of what had been spoken over them. What they've been through or what they've done. They think they have caused irreparable damage to their future. And this is just the way life is for them. But I want you to know fully, hogwash, nonsense, bunk, gibberish, baloney, poppycock, malarkey, hooey, rubbish, foolishness, and jive-talking. You want to hear some jive-talking? God wants you free. That's why Jesus died on the tree. He paid the price for you and me so we could live daily in victory. You don't have to live bound. Make up your mind you're going to be free in 2018. You're going to enjoy everything God's got for you. You say, well, I'm not. Well, speak it in faith. This year, you're going to get free from the things that keep holding you back. Say, well, what else I have to do, Pastor? Well, number one, you've got to realize you deserve to be free because of uh, your relationship with Jesus. Number two, welcome the Holy Spirit's power in your life. I don't have time to get into that. We talked about that last week. But here's what I want to emphasize the next eight minutes. Number three, the Holy Spirit sets me free Others help me stay free. The Holy Spirit sets me free. Others helps me stay free. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 7. Solomon says this. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone. 
without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asked himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all meaningless and depressing. Verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Saints, there is a theme that runs through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And that theme is simply this. Life on earth cannot be navigated correctly alone. Life on earth cannot be navigated correctly alone. Humanity, in its perfect state, was void of complete fulfillment without a partner. Adam was in a perfect environment, a perfect man, in a perfect state, and God says something is still missing. It's not good that man be alone. Humanity, in its perfect state, was void of complete fulfillment without a partner. Prayer is wonderful. Bible study is wonderful. Praying in the Spirit is tremendous. And all of that needs to be done continually, but it doesn't take the place of having someone to walk this journey of life with. Moses partnered with Joshua and Caleb. David had his mighty men. Elijah and Elisha, all these great men of God, prophets, kings, priests, but they all needed a partner. Paul only journeyed with a partner. Jesus sent out the disciples by two. Jesus daily connected with Peter, James, and John. We all need a partner. We need accountability. We need someone to walk with us through life. Many times I've watched as the Holy Spirit has worked wonderfully in a person's life, setting them free from all types of addictions and oppressions. They literally are free and start to feel good about themselves in their journey. Then the deception comes. You got this. You got this. You can do this. You don't need any more help. You don't need oversight. You don't need accountability. You are strong enough on your own. Turn with me real quickly to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Notice what it says. Verse 24. Luke 11, verse 24. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than ever before. Now first of all, realize this. Jesus identifies the person has been delivered. He, deli- he realized that. And, if, and, and, and so the person has been delivered from the power of the devil. But to be delivered is one thing. Staying free is another thing. And here's what I've learned in my journey. Satan will always return with help. We must defend our lives with help. God will deliver you. 
But Satan will always return with help. So we must defend our freedom and our lives with help. Look at verse 24 again. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit, the devil, finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. Why do I need connection? Why do I need accountability? Why do I need a spiritual journey partner? Why do I need to be a part of a small, small group? Why do I need to be a part of a group in the local church? Why do I need to be accountable? Why? Well, look what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10. He says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Saints, listen to this. Hear this. When we don't have the strength to stay up, we will not have the strength to get up. Why do I need somebody? Because if you're walking this life by yourself, doing your own thing, not in connection with somebody, other brother and sister in the Lord, if you don't have the strength to stay up, there ain't no way you're going to get up without help from somebody else. Every one of those 12 individuals who got delivered, got delivered because somebody helped them up. They didn't get delivered on their own there at the correctional workhouse. Somebody helped them up. If we don't have the strength to stay up, we'll not have the strength to get up. And then listen to what he says in verse 11. Two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? We need partners in this journey of faith who are free to continually to nurture and guide us into lasting freedom. It never ceases to amaze me how someone who's going through marital crisis will find somebody else going through marital crisis to talk to. And you know what they do? They talk about their misery together, and they come up with a man plan to solve it, and that never solves it. And if you're going through a marital issue, find you a strong couple who God has helped and delivered and they're walking in the, the favor of God. You go see them. You go see them. We need partners who are free to continually nurture and guide us into lasting freedom. And finally, look at verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Future attacks are inevitable. Partnership and accountability enables me to fight off the temptation to give in. Partnership and accountability. I know. I know. I'm a short, squatty body. I know. When I was a young boy, my mom would go into Woolworths, and the first thing she would say is when we walked through the door, somebody would say, Can I help you, ma'am? And it just embarrassed me to no end. First thing she'd say is, Where's your husky section? I'd pass all these nice clothes and I'd go over there to the husky section and there's two 
two pair of pants and one shirt. I know I'm not tall, dark, and handsome. On the outside, I am on the inside. I know I'm not a chick magnet. I know I'm not a stud muffin. But can I tell you, even in my short, squatty, husky, anti-chick magnet, stud muffin body, because of my exposure and anointing on my life, there have been some women who are, are attracted to that. I'm gonna t- listen to me. I know I'm not. So, so when they come up wanting to flirt with me, I know it's got to be the devil. Because that's not an everyday occurrence in my life. So I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about my great, my great looks. I'm saying if it happens to me, who look like I do, I know it happens to you. Who look like some of you, they're so good looking and striking. And some of you ladies, you know what our nation is undergoing right now with all of these sexual harassments and all this stuff that's going on. You know, and there have been times it's happened to me. Me! So you know if it happens to me, it's the devil. And it never fails. If something like that occurs, there's something about my partner that she'll say to me just in passing, How's your thought life, Eddie? How are you doing? What's going on? Have you had any temptations lately? And it's like that accountability all of a sudden gets me straightened up right again. Before I ever get anywhere that's going to cause danger or trouble or heartbreak. Now, at 60 years of age... You don't have a whole lot of pop left. So there's, no, so there's no danger of me doing anything. Come on, you know, I'm talking to you real here now. If you want to go where they have the robes and talk in Italian, then go there. Go there. We're getting out here where we live. Now, it's not, it's, it's not like that I'm, on, I'm a player here. But even, even just some attention every once in a while, even though I'm not a player and even though my age is getting older, and all of, it still entices your senses. And it's just about that time my partner says, are you okay? See, the whole, why do we need a partner? Because if God sends you a brother or sister in the Lord to partner with you in this walk of faith, the same Holy Spirit that sent them into your life will be the same Holy Spirit that reveals to them and helps them. And many times they don't even know the battle you're facing. They're just trying to love you like they know they need to love you. And it protects us from falling off the cliff. The Holy Spirit sets me free. 
I was bound by pornography and lust. But my accountability partner helps me stay free. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.